Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 52 of the Average Cheese podcast, the Frank Winters episode of the Average Cheese. Yeah, right. <laughs> the George Cumby version of the Average well, Cheese. No, no, no. Let's 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 come back to Earth <laughs> for a moment. It is the Clay Matthews version of the Average Cheese, and I know this is an audio podcast, but Todd is wearing his Clay Matthews jersey right now. Unless it's Rashawn Gary, did you get yourself a Rashawn Gary uh, jersey? No, <laughs> no, I did not, and I don't think I will. But yeah, I've been waiting for this episode for a long time, and I don't think, quite honestly, I don't know if I've worn a jersey for an episode. Well, maybe in the early ones. Maybe in the early ones when we we're all excited and everything was new. But yeah, I haven't put it on since. So yeah, of course I am a very, as everyone knows, big Clay <laughs> Matthews fan. So. You're the big Clay Matthews homer. We do not, we have not heard of, of a Clay Matthews signing as of today. Today is Wednesday, September 1. I've been waiting for. I know you are. You never know. You never know. <sighs> Anyway, this should be a good episode. Yeah. Thanks to the folks at RNM Management and Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. We appreciate you. And thank you to the 620 something followers that we have on Twitter. We will never beg for Twitter followers, but we've been getting more and more. Hopefully, you are giving us a listen. And you know, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Breaker. Everywhere you can get a podcast, but you already know that because you're already listening to us. You can find us on Facebook. I've actually put the episodes on Facebook. If you're following us there, wow! you can catch us at <laughs> on Twitter. You know this at AVG cheese, and you can email us AVG cheese at gmail.com. All of those places you can get a hold of us. Or in Habitat for Humanity. That's right. We cuss for charity, so when you hear a quarter hit the jar, that is 25 more cents for Habitat for Humanity. I don't know how many quarters we've had this season, but it's been a lot. Yeah, that one episode, I think it was like over $11, so it was close <laughs> to 50 I mean, We're at least $50 into Habitat for Humanity this season. I mean, 50 times I swore in that episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was a lot. Because we had like $12.50, and that's what? I don't know. That's like six. I can't do the math. <laughs> I can't do the math. It's a lot. We cuss a lot. And if we don't cuss, we put $5 in the jar just to make sure that Habitat gets something from every episode. But we have failed to ever not cuss. We've never had a zero cuss episode that I could put the clean version on Anchor. A clean version does nothing for 
Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, putting a $5 quiet bill in the jar is just not quite the same. It's become part of the show now. It has. It's a signature sound in our show. You can't really, it wouldn't be the same without it. Honestly, they'd think we got abducted or something if all of a sudden there was a clean version of the average cheese on their podcast, wherever they're listening. That probably won't happen, so don't fret. We'll be fine. We'll cuss. Everybody will get money and everybody will be good. We'll lose money. Habitat will gain money. All right. So let's talk some football, talk some general stuff. Our little things we call slices of the average cheese. The, probably the biggest cut, although a ton of quarterbacks are now homeless and jobless. Cam Newton was cut in New England. Yep. Saw that. That was huge. It was all over ESPN. Obviously, I mean, Mac Jones is, according to Belichick, ready now. And I think like a couple of analysts were saying, well, why wouldn't they keep Newton around to kind of mentor and, you know, bring that kid along? But it's Cam Newton. Do you really want his off-field antics and, and everything else kind of like getting in the way of that, really? Probably not. He's probably not the greatest role model. He might be able to mentor him as far as the position, but I think he's more of a distraction. And I think that's what got him moved out. I'm just speculating, but I think that's maybe part of it. Well, he certainly could teach Mac Jones how to dress because Cam Newton is a very special way of dressing. So I'm glad you brought that up because like when I was thinking about him, like there's certain dudes that have swag and like they're not trying to have swag. For example, Deion Sanders, that dude had swag, man. And he still does. He still does. He's just fucking cool because he's Deion Sanders. So whatever he does and whatever he wears, he's got the swag, man. He's not trying. You know what I'm saying? And his play backs it up. To me, Cam Newton was always a guy who was trying to have swag, but didn't have, like, was just trying to have swag, but doesn't really have it. I don't know what Cam Newton is or isn't as a person. I I don't even, honestly, I don't think that's why he was cut. I think there's two things. I think it might have been a mutual decision between the Patriots and Cam Newton. Because Cam Newton thinks he can still start in this league. And will he be a malcontent as a backup? in new england to a rookie i don't know if the answer is yes or no or not but i think he does believe he can be a starter in this league can he be i'd question that because cam newton has a very specialized version of the quarterback position he could run the football he was athletic as heck not very accurate with the football so i don't know that you're going to get a mentor on the field from Cam Newton because Mac Jones isn't Cam Newton. Cam Newton, if you if he was a drop back type of quarterback like Mac Jones, and you were trying to you know mentor him that way, maybe. But I think that Cam Newton is just different, and I don't see him as a mentor that way. A little bit of sad news: former Packer Johnny Holland, current San Francisco linebacker coach, has left the team to fight cancer. Yeah, that's that's a bummer, man. One of our very own and prayers and and you know everything going out to him and his family. Hope that turns out well for him. But you, you never want to see something like that happen to a really good dude like that. Cancer is a fucking bastard. Like it doesn't it doesn't discriminate, and it it takes everyone. I have a very dear friend who has had 
multiple bouts with cancer and is still around and he's our age. I also had a friend, Brian, who passed from cancer, I think it's like four years ago already, who was also our age. So Johnny Holland, we hope the best for you. We hope that things, you know, are going to progress quickly in the right direction because cancer is a tough, tough thing to deal with. So we hope that that works out well for him. Let's talk about positive football because I honestly don't want to talk about cancer. Yeah, we're both 50 years old. Like we can't, you know, bad juju. You know, I thought it was interesting. The Baltimore Ravens have won like 20 consecutive preseason games, which is bananas, right? Like, yeah, it's either 19 or 20. They are undefeated in the preseason for like four or five years in a row. But they lost. Thank you. They lost J.K. Dobbins to a knee injury. And you start to think season ending season ending ACL injury. Yep. In the preseason. Do you want to win preseason games or do you want your starting quarterback to be in the fucking game in week nine or 10 when games actually matter? Why is he playing in the third game of the preseason? And Harbaugh is, is out there saying, Oh, I back up my decision. I back up my decision. Well, you're a dipshit. So, okay. Well, I understand you're not going to come out and say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And I just fucked this guy's career, maybe? Yeah. How about say nothing or just update us on that? It was just bad all around. I can't believe that guy was actually in that game. And then the coach come in and Harbaugh coming out and saying, oh, well, I I back up that. It was my decision. You could have fucked this guy's whole career up, dude. Yeah. Let's be honest. This guy had so much upside. I think he, he had the highest average of any running back last year. He averaged like over six yards a carry or something like that. To have something like this happen in the third game of the preseason, you're an idiot. Our hearts go out to J.K. Dobbins. Dude, fuck off. He doesn't want your hearts going out to him. He wants you to fucking take care of this man's career. Yeah. That's what he wants. They're the most competitive people on the planet. That's why they're great. So if you say to them, you're going out there to play, they're going to go out and play. They're not going to question it. They might question it, but they're going out there. It's ridiculous that he was in there. Nobody, if it was a four-game preseason like it's been in the past, would he have played in the fourth game? Oh, hell no, he wouldn't have. That's stupid. So now it's three games, so you're going to play him in the third game? It's completely asinine. Just ridiculous. And it's just devolved. The whole preseason has just devolved into like this. Every team has kind of like their own version of a preseason. I mean, from the Packers perspective. They didn't play anybody. Nobody played. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody. I did half the preseason or more than, you know, the three games that we saw. I didn't know who the hell was on the field. It was just names that you don't even, you know, someone like, you know, just to throw in another name like Trey Lance. Right. I mean, Yes, it was a finger or whatever, but really, I mean, what do you got that guy running around in in the third game for? He's your future, right? I I get that it's a finger. It's going to come back from him, but still, like, be smart. I mean, it's preseason. You have the ability to either run guys out there or not, and I I know that you want to get them looks and, and stuff like that, but, like, honestly, they're not usually even playing against, you know, they're playing against, like, fourth and fifth string guys. A lot of times. So it's right. So what are you showing? Yeah. What are you showing? I mean, what's the point? 
of some of these games. They shortened it to three and added a regular season game onto the schedule. We'll see if it works, but I just don't, I don't know. You got to be smart about it. Yeah. I think the Packers were smart about it. We'll talk about that later, I guess. We have it later on down the show. But So on some Packers news, today they said that the game between New Orleans and Green Bay will be played in Jacksonville, where we typically don't play well. I would much rather have had it in Dallas where we see it's almost like Green Bay South. Yeah. Yeah. September in Jacksonville. Ooh, stadium, the stadium's a mess because of the hurricane or is it just. Yeah. Just all the infrastructure is blown to pieces. Well, probably a lot, a lot of things go into place there. I don't know that they didn't have power. Uh, someone I work with has family in New Orleans and they didn't have power like yesterday still. So imagine the levees didn't break like they did during Katrina, but there was flooding and there's a lot of power outages and there's a lot of damage there. So again, you don't care that our hearts are going out to you, but I hope that everything is well. If you are listening to us, because we do have some listeners in Louisiana, we hope that you are well when you listen. So yeah, it'll be in Jacksonville in week one. We can talk more about that next week when we talk. Let's move on to this because our buddies from Zero Doinks, the Bears podcast, and the guys that we've talked to in the past, I'll just ask you, is Justin Fields a threat? Should he be quarterback one, in your opinion? And is he a legitimate threat as a rookie quarterback? What do you think? I was really uh, critical of Justin Fields coming out. I didn't think that he fit the NFL game. So I was I was kind of like on the fence as to whether or not he was a legitimate uh, quarterback in the NFL. And then from what I started seeing first couple of preseason games, I was like, Oh shit. Like this, this guy is, he kind of is like that player on the field that it looks like he's moving slow. You ever notice that about him? He looks like he's not that fast. The game is slow. It's either the game is slow to him or vice versa or some version of that. I don't even know what it is, but like when you watch him, it's just like, the game almost like slows down in a way, or is, he looks, I don't know what it is, but is he a threat? Yes. I, I, I think he's more than past the test. It looks like the Bears are going to start Dalton. And I don't know where the Bears fit into our schedule early on, but man, do I hope it's, I hope we get Dalton. <laughs> it's a tough decision for, to make for an organization. Is he ready right now? Yes. Uh, in my opinion, he is ready. Do you throw him out there? In the first, do you let Dalton kind of steer the ship for the first four weeks and hope to go get some wins out of it and then get Fields in? But is he ready to go right now? Yes. Is he a threat in the NFC? Yes, absolutely. If the guys from Zero Doings were on right now, they would say start Justin Fields week one. And I say that, you know, when you were talking about how the game looks like it's slow compared to him, that's exactly what I was thinking. He looks effortless when he's yeah. doing things. Like when he's running, he's running for like 10, 15 yards. It's like, dude, is he even moving? But he's yeah. moving and no one is around to catch him. So right. clearly he's fast enough. He's going to have no issues moving in the pocket and scrambling for yards. And the only reason that I think they should have Andy Dalton in there at the beginning is because their line completely sucks ass. He is going to get killed out there. And I would rather be Andy Dalton getting killed out there than Justin Fields, 
for the same reason we don't want Trey Lance playing in the preseason. Justin Fields is the future of the Bears franchise. And if you go out there in week one and that horseshit line is, doesn't protect him and he gets his head ripped off like he did in that game against Buffalo in the preseason, you're going to shorten that dude's career and you're going to cause him confidence problems and he's going to get the yips. But is he better than Nanty Dalton? Holy shit, yes. Right now, he is twice the quarterback that Andy Dalton is. Oh, such a cheap shot. Oh, it was. Man, was that fucking cheap. It had to have been some third or fourth stringer guy trying to make, trying to make his name. Yep. Was, but you're not going to make a name being an idiot. And, and no. Shots either. So. You're not going to make the roster doing some shit like that. Because like that, man. It, it flipped his helmet right off. I mean, he went right inside his ear hole. That was a really tough hit. And that was, yeah, that's not going to make you, that's not going to make you popular in the league because while we want you to hit hard, everybody in the league knows that your window of opportunity is very small. You should never be trying to hurt somebody out there because everybody's in the same boat as far as that goes. And the Bears have decided Dalton will be starting week one. The decision's already in. It's just unbelievable, really. Matt Nagy should be fired for that alone. Only, the only reason he shouldn't is if he's thinking, I don't want Justin Fields killed. And he should just come out and say that. I know he can't because he's that he's basically saying that his offensive line is shit. Yeah. But it is. That was the only reason, in my opinion, that he should that um Andy Dalton should start. Let's talk a little Packers. Yeah. So again, the Packers played zero starters in the preseason, or very few of them. And Josh Allen the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills was out there in game three of the preseason against our overmatched Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I was scratching my head seeing Josh Allen out there, but they had a lot of starters out there and they had him out there for a while. I think it was the entire, it was at least the entire first half. And I don't know what happened in the third because I really couldn't watch it anymore at that point. There's not a lot to talk about from this game because one side of the football was the Bills still running out a lot of their first string against our, like, fourth and fifth and water boys out there, whoever it was. But, yeah, there wasn't a lot a lot to really see here other than I didn't score, and I felt like Jordan Love didn't really have the greatest of games either. He had some really poor decisions in this game. You see the, the pick? Yes, and then the oh. almost pick where they were identical plays. One should have been, too. Yeah, that's the what I'm saying. First one, the first one was in the end zone. Yeah, he, the, the play started off with him tripping over the guard, losing his balance. He was he never regained balance as he's going back, dropping back in the pocket off balance and then like just heaves it up into the end zone. And there's jerseys everywhere in the in the end zone. Yeah, it looked like Hail Mary time. Like, what are you doing, dude? You right. got to know you don't throw that ball. You got to. You're in field goal range at least. You got to understand, you know, those types of game type of situations. I thought it was a, I was just like, I think he tripped a couple times. That wasn't the only time. And I don't know if that's the guard or the, you know, whoever on the offensive line, but like he looked, he, he didn't look good to me out there. Like he looked every bit of, I'm not ready yet. That's a teachable moment right there. Lafleur should have grabbed his face mask like Woody Hayes and been like, listen, you dumb fuck, you don't do that. Like, that is never a play you try to make. Unless we're down by six, it's fourth down. You know what I mean? And you have to make a play there. 
there is no other time during the game that you need to be doing some stuff like that. Cause that was ridiculously bad decision-making. It was just really poor. And then he did it again, which made it even worse. Right. And that should have been picked too again. And it was in the red zone again. You can't do that. Did he take a step back? No, I think that's where he is. I just think that's where he is right now. I don't think, uh, again, I mean, they're, they're not giving him the full playbook because they don't want to show their hand. They're going to set him up for success and not complicate things so he can feel get some confidence going. But still, I mean, he just, he looked about where he is. I mean, which is a second year, very underdeveloped NFL backup. Yeah, he's not ready to go. It's not ready. It's that simple. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. I really thought with Jack Heflin playing well that Tyler Lancaster was absolutely caught. I mean, I thought that was for sure going to be a thing. I was really kind of surprised when they went to the 53, you know, and cut the guys they needed to cut, that Tyler Lancaster was not one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think after I saw the the final uh, starting lineup, I, I mean, I think it's just a, a numbers game. Like, they need a certain amount of bodies, and the ones that they did cut, which we'll talk about here shortly, are worse than Lancaster. I mean, so I don't know that they – I don't know. I think Slayton and Heflin have a chance to get some playing time. But Heflin's a hustler, man. I mean, see that dude all over the place. So, I mean, he looks like he's out there – like. You could tell he, he kind of had that thing where it's like, I got to make this team. I want to do whatever it takes to make this team. And he did. Yeah. He played like, you know, Peter said that McDuffie, the sixth round draft pick out of Boston College, Peter said he plays like his hair is on fire. That's yeah. Heflin, right? Yeah. That's Heflin playing like his hair is on fire. Right now on the roster, it's Kenny Clark, Lowry, Lancaster, Kiki, Slayton. And then Jack Heflin. So it's not like they have a ton of guys on the roster. So maybe that's why we kept both guys. So your buddy, Jonathan Garvin, who did make the roster, had one assist. I know you don't really like his play. Tell me we talk about that a little bit. I don't. I, you know, I, for, for whatever reason, I, I seem to have um, really zeroed in on him in the preseason on the defensive side of the ball. What is it that you see that you don't like? I mean, it's just he's not explosive at all. He's not aggressive. He doesn't look like he he can't shed blockers. He's not a hand fighter. He looks out of position at times. He looks like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be at times. I just didn't, I'm just not feeling that guy at all. Yes, he made the 53 roster, but man, I mean, I, I was not impressed with him in the preseason whatsoever. So I was kind of shocked, actually, knowing the depths and the lack of talent in the linebacking core. He makes it because of that, basically. Some positives in this game. You know, I was listening to the second half, and Ray Wilborn's name came up a lot. He's a converted safety. He's a very valuable piece at some point. He's taken over that role, maybe. You know, that that hybrid free safety, strong safety slash linebacker that's in the box on passing downs. Maybe at some point he'll do that. And Isaiah McDuffie had nine tackles in this game. He's undersized, but like Peter says, plays like his hair is on fire. So, you know, maybe at some point if he can put a little bit of weight on, maybe he's a player. Is he another Blake Martinez? 
Well, he's more athletic and he's faster than Blake Martinez. That's for sure. Is he going to be a, I make nine tackles and none of them make a difference? Uh, I hope not. We don't really need that. Although any t- linebacking talent at this point is appreciated. Yeah. I mean, on the topic of Blake Martinez, you know, when I agreed with moving on from him, but they've never gotten anything better in return. No. And I, I would even go out on a limb and say, I don't even know if they went out and got anything equal to. I mean, it's been downgrade after downgrade. So well, we'll see what Chris Barnes is. Right, Chris Barnes. Well, Chris Barnes, we know could play. We know Chris Barnes could play. And maybe the last thing we should talk about in that Bills game was Mason Crosby missed like an 18-yard field goal or something like that. It was brutal yeah. chip shot. Well, dude, did you see? You see, like if you watch, like immediately after, he just gives this death stare to J.K. Scott. Are you fucking kidding me? Like on the hold, right? It had to. Have, uh, and, you know, kickers. <laughs> Uh, someone, someone who's ex- as experienced as Crosby. I mean, they're not going to put it on 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 a holder too often. But like, if the hold is shit, and it's like that's that's part of your job, other than like booming footballs around. Dude, yeah, it looked. He just gave him a death stare, man. It was like, are you fucking kidding me? And how bad does the, the hold have to be on a very short kick? You know what I mean? It almost has to be like laying flat on the ground for Mason Crosby to miss a, a field goal that's that short. I know. You know? And maybe I mean, that's yeah. why J.K. Scott is no longer a Packer. We can talk about that, too. But he was cut, which I thought was a very surprise move. So let's talk about that I, later. I think he was cut right after the missed field goal because Crosby came out and bunted. Maybe they're like, <laughs> we've had enough of this shit. I was like, what is he doing back there? I mean, I didn't agree with it, but like... I, I don't know if we're going to get into this, but like if there's one glaring concern going into the regular season, it's got to be the special teams again. I mean, they looked horrible in all of preseason. Now I get it. There's a personnel shift. You're, you're getting guys on the field just to see what they can do kind of thing. So it's not, there's no continuity to the, to the special teams and stuff like that. I kind of get that part, but dude, they are just a mess. Yeah. Whatever. All right, let's let's get into the 53. So last year, Todd and I did a show and we predicted the 53. We did not get an opportunity to do that because of the way things happen in life. But so I like this format better, actually. So we can just go. Let's go through the team and you can we can talk about guys. Let's start on. Let's just start at the beginning. So the Packers kept two quarterbacks and Kurt Benkert went to the practice squad. I don't think that's any real shock to anybody in Packerland. No. Kirk Record played pretty well. He Good. played well enough to get himself onto that practice squad. Good. I hope and I assume when they cut him, they're like, listen, Kurt, we're going to cut you and we're bringing you right back because we think oh, yeah. you can play. And no surprises there. I was kind of surprised that no one claimed Kurt Bankard before he hit the practice squad. And I'm sur- I will be surprised if someone doesn't try to grab him off of the Packers practice squad. I think he's pretty good. The only reason that Kurt might stay on the practice squad is there were a lot of quarterbacks like Cam Newton, like guys who have started in the league or been high-level backups who were cut recently. So if a team is looking for an experienced guy, they're probably not going to take Kurt Benkert. If they're looking for a guy that they can maybe groom and they can afford to have that third quarterback on the roster, that might be a thing. The running back room, again, we've already talked about this. 
you and I both talked about how good we think Kylan Hill is and how he, you said he needs to get the football last episode. And yep. that's another three headed monster, very oh, similar to last year. Very much so. I mean, Peter nailed it when he said that's the best pick of the, of the draft. That guy is, like I said, man, he's, he, he not only made the team and bumped off Dexter Williams and Patrick Taylor and, you know, solidified himself as a number three, but like, I, I think he's going to get some touches. I don't think he's going to be a sideline guy. I, you'll probably see him on special teams as well. You know that he can return kicks. You know that he can return punts. But I also think on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think he's in there to kind of, and you know how Lafleur likes to preserve his backs, right, and keep them fresh. He's just another guy to stick in there into the rotation. I mean, it's a win-win all over the place with Kylan Hill. By the way, we didn't mention Peter is not on the show because he had someone pass in his family. So thoughts to you, Peter, when you do listen to this, you know that we are thinking yes. about you and we think that we yes. hope everything is okay. The very average cheese, very own. Yeah, he's one of us. Funny because last year, A.J. Dillon, I said, he, even though he was a high draft pick, I said, he's not going to get 50 carries, and he didn't. And I think it's interesting because I am with you on the Kylan Hill bandwagon. I think even though he was a seventh-round pick, a much lower draft pick than A.J. Dillon, I think he will touch the football more than A.J. Dillon did as a rookie. I think he will get more opportunities because he's more versatile. Oh, God, yeah. more. So I think he's going to get more touches, which is kind of strange, right? That's not how it should go. If you have a second-round pick or whatever, he should be getting the football more than a seventh-rounder, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, Dylan, again, Dylan's just got to learn to get some type of movement other than straightforward. It's not going to be – it's not going to keep you in the NFL very long. And Patrick Taylor made the practice squad – Good. He's another guy that might get snatched off at some point. There's always need on teams for running you back. Right about, you were right about him. He is huge. Yeah, that dude's he's 6'2". That's a very he's tall big. running back. He's, he's jacked. Good looking back. You know, fingers crossed that none of those guys get hurt. But I think – I'm not going to say I'd be comfortable with Patrick Taylor coming into a game, but – He's got skills. That's a huge, it's not a huge steep cliff drop off as it might be on some other teams. I think yeah. that guy can play. So the wide receiver room was interesting. The way that things oh, we went. didn't uh, we didn't mention uh, Dexter Williams cut. Oh yeah, your buddy Dexter Williams. Yeah. Cut and not brought back to the practice squad. And again, I think we mentioned last last uh, episode maybe the new philosophy in the front office is we're not hanging on to experiments anymore. And, I think and there's he, no he reason to, right? Yeah, and he was he falls into that group. And now as we move over to the to the wide receiver group, St. Brown, he's another one. I'm really ecstatic to see Williams and St. Brown gone. Yeah, really. so the active roster is Adams, MBS, Lazard, Randall Cobb, Malik Taylor, Amari Rogers. No surprises okay. there. I mean, no surprise. Right. And I, I put that on Twitter like two weeks ago that I thought that was going to be the sixth. I really didn't think after Malik Taylor played that well in the preseason that there was any question about that. The thing that's really surprises me is that they brought EQ St. Brown to the practice squad and Reggie Begleton, who I thought played very well in the preseason is gone. I didn't know that. Dude, that's my guy. Man. Well, not only is it your guy, but EQ St. Brown was hurt. You see seen... been hurt his whole career. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, what are you bringing him back for? 
Dexter Williams is who he is. EQ St. Brown is who he is. There's no changing who he's going to be. Why? Why put him on the practice squad? You know exactly what you're getting in him. You got three games out of Reggie Begleton, and again, he played pretty well. I'm very surprised that it's Begleton that was cut and gone. And Chris Blair, who the fuck is Chris Blair? (laughs) He made the practice squad over Reggie Begleton. Jawan Winfrey, we understood, right? We thought he had a really nice camp. Yeah, and he's hurt. But EQ St. Brown is just, I just don't get it. I mean, I really statistically and game performance wise, I thought it was between Bagleton and Taylor for the number six spot. I mean, I really did. And I guess maybe that wasn't the thought of the Packers coaching staff, but I thought it was between them. I thought they were close. I thought Bagleton really showed up and, and played solid. The only difference. I see that they would tip their hat towards Taylor. It's just a body physique. I mean, Taylor looks the part. He's bigger. He's taller. He's got a little bit more movement and shake to him than Begleton does. But again, felt like Taylor had his chance last year, and he couldn't perform when, the, when, when it was time. They threw him on the field, and he was lost. He did not play well in the limited time he saw last year. So I thought it was time for a change, and I thought Begleton – was going to get the nod, but he not only didn't get the nod, he didn't make the practice squad, which is very strange. Malik Taylor makes the team in from what Peter said a couple weeks ago. Malik Taylor makes a team because his body is big enough to be a gunner on special teams if he needs to be. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that. Me too. A hundred percent. But I don't think if you look at the guy, so on the roster, we talked about him. Then EQ St. Brown, Jawan Winfrey, Chris Blair, those are your practice squad guys. Those three guys. Is Reggie Bagleton the 10th best wide receiver on the roster? Was he the 10th best guy? I would say no. I just don't get it. If anything, I mean, I think he definitely proved that he can play in this league. I think the guy's worthy of playing in this league, whether that's on a, someone's practice squad or, or whatever. But I think, I think he showed he could play. I don't. I'll see what happens to him. We got to follow Reggie. He never came into the show. Yeah, he didn't get that juju. You know, I was reading about Begleton that that Green Bay wanted him on the practice squad. So you wonder, did he say mm, no thanks? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's not young, right? Because he spent time in the CFL. He was a four-year college player, so he's 27, 28, something like that. And maybe that has something going against him. I'm not sure. He's a super smart guy. Maybe he's just like, I'm done. He came off super well. And I listened to him speak also in one of those interviews during training camp. And I was very impressed with him. I mean, maybe he goes back to the CFL and he just makes money and makes plays. And that's his, I'll call it lot in life. But maybe that's where he shines. Good luck, Reggie. Yeah, good luck. Wish we could have talked to you on the average cheese because we certainly would have done that. Tight end roster. I don't, to me, this is not a shock at all. Mercedes Lewis, Tanyan, DeGuara, Daphne. Those are the four who I thought would make the roster no matter what was happening to Jay Sternberger. Bronson Kalfusi is on the practice squad and Sternberger is suspended for the first, what is it, two weeks. 
Yeah, what, what are they going to do with them? What do you think? What do you do with them? You deal them, right? That's what you said the other day. You should deal try to deal him. Everybody's set their lineups now. Everybody's down to their own 53, right? I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I don't think he beats out anybody else on, on you know, other than, I, I guess it would be Daphne, right? But, I mean, Daphne is a completely different player than Sternberger. If you want to add a blocker, or whether he lines up as an H-back or on the line of scrimmage, it's Daphne. Yeah. You're going to get that out of Sternberger. I wonder if they're just biding time with him. Probably. You know, so let's say... I don't know, Daphne goes down or, God forbid, one of our other uh, tight ends goes down. Maybe that's it. Maybe when all of a sudden he's ready to come off the suspension list, he just gets caught if nothing, no one gets injured. I mean, he could go practice squad. There's zero chance he stays. But, yeah, you got to do something with him. I don't even put him on the practice squad. I just let him go because someone is for sure going to snatch him off there because he can play. The line was a really interesting place. There's guys, you know, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Turner, Myers is making the team. And then after that, who knows? The active guys, though, that were interesting. So Royce Newman, who was the highest graded rookie lineman in the preseason, who I beat up on. Dennis Kelly, that's the swing tackle that can play right or left tackle. He's kind of that Rick Wagner guy, right? He's going to just he's got a very cheap contract. If somebody goes down, he's going in. Uh, Runyon made the team. And I mean, you really like Runyon last year, and, and he can play. Yash okay. Nyman, who the I don't get, but he made the team. He's a he's super athlete. Yash is always there, man. Always, right. He's got naked pictures of Guten Krauss's, you know, doing something wow. stupid. And the biggest surprise to me is Jake Hansen made the team. I thought for sure he was cut, but Jake Hansen must be the backup center on this team. Going forward. Play his way back onto the team. They must see something out of him this year that they didn't see last year. To me, that's the biggest surprise on the 53 is Jake Hansen. I was surprised to see the name. Your guy, Jacob Capra from San Diego State, made the practice squad, so he's still around. Yes, I knew he would. Cole Van Lannan, who I thought was going to be cut outright from Wisconsin, made the practice squad. And then Ben Braden, who... Spent a lot of time in games in the preseason is also on the practice squad. There's a lot of hype around him in camp, around Braden. He didn't yeah. play super poorly. They got some depth there. I mean, that, that's they a do. solid spot. And talent. Yeah, and talent. Yeah. I mean, so who's that. your starting? I mean, I know we're a week and a half away from the starting of the season, but the start of this season, but who starts? Bakhtiari is out, so what does your line look like? I like Turner at right tackle. I like the right guard, Patrick. Okay. And that's where he played. He, play, well, he played left guard some for some last year for a minute. And well, it don't matter. Right. Go, I think right go. guard is where he, I would put him to. Josh Myers is a rookie, right? Josh Myers is a rookie center. Yep. He's obviously the center. Other guard is going to be. Is Runyon. it Runyon? Yeah. And then Jenkins is out of left tackle for sure. Yeah, I don't know what I'm. Jenkins has got to be your left tackle. He's the best player on the I wonder if it's not Jenkins at left tackle Runyon at left guard Myers at center but then you've got a lot of youth in the middle if you put Royce Newman out at right guard I think what you said is probably better you want to protect the rookie center for a couple games until you're sure that he's got what it takes to play 
You don't want Runyon, who played like two games last year, and Royce Newman, who's a rookie, playing next to the rookie center. So I think what you said is probably right. So, so our buddies made the roster once again on the I, defensive line. I mean, I don't get it. If there's the the entire special team squad as a whole, I think is probably the biggest liability on the team or the linebacking crew. But then it's this defensive line is right in there in the mix as far as like liabilities are concerned. I mean, I wasn't surprised to see Prevalian gone. I don't even know who Anderson Abdullah is. They just uh, picked him up. They just picked him up like last week. I don't know. I, I think Slayton and Heflin have a chance this year to get on the field and to prove themselves. It's going to be kind of like one of those get him in there and, and see what they can do kind of thing. But yep, Lancaster and uh, Lowry, another year. Other than TJ Slayton, you know, they didn't bring in a whole lot of extra talent to move Lancaster or Lowry out of the way. They did nothing in the draft. I mean, well, they got Slayton. Yeah, right. Slayton and then Heflin was undrafted. It's from Iowa. Heflin, yeah, rookie undrafted free agent from Iowa. The uh, six active guys and Jack Heflin made the roster as of 53. It's Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, Slayton, Jack Heflin, Prevalon, and uh, Anderson Abdullah made the practice squad. No, I mean, no real surprises other than I thought last Lancaster would be cut. The big thing, too, uh, of this group is we're going to talk about him in a little bit is Gary, but I think the other person who's in a similar situation like Gary, like it's their kind of year, it's Kiki. I mean, he's got to come up. He's got to step up this year. There's no more training wheels for him. Like he's got to cement his place on that defensive line. So I'm going to definitely be paying a lot of attention to him. Yeah. It's his year to prove it, right? Put up or shut up. It's time to go. Because he's flashed some really great things in the past, but it's been very short bursts of greatness. He's yeah. never put anything together long term. He's got to play his way onto the roster for next year. That's for sure. He needs to make plays this year. The outside linebackers, if I would have chose, I don't know that I would have had Chauncey Rivers and Jonathan Garvin on the roster. I mean, you knew the Smiths were going to make the roster. Rashawn Gary was going to make the roster. And after that, Tipa Nalier, who knows? I really didn't know if he'd make the roster or not, but your buddy Jonathan Garvin is there. And then Chauncey Rivers is the, the fifth active guy on the roster. Tipa actually stood out to me a little bit in the preseason. I actually wrote his uh, some of my notes. I said, I think it was maybe the second game where I was like, who is it? I kept uh, like, who's my, 50? My yeah. actual was, was who is 50? Because I, I didn't really, I couldn't see his name or some shit. I don't remember. But yeah, so the, the, the thing about him, though, is like, that I noticed is, like, he's an odd body type. Like, there's something off. That, like, he's top-heavy? I don't know. Like, or he's, I don't know. They're, like, something kind of looked off. Like, he looked like, you ever watch the CFL, and you just, like, see dudes, like, on the offensive line, and you're like, oh, well. That's why you're not in the NFL? Look the like the NFL uh, prototypical part for their position, right? He kind of has that a little bit, but I thought he made some plays. I thought he would make the active roster, too. I think Chauncey Rivers was the biggest surprise. He's a last chance you dude. Oh, really? He played at Eastern Mississippi College or whatever. Jeez. Yeah, so that's pretty cool that he made the roster. I you know, I don't know enough about Chauncey Rivers to give him a yay or a nay. I just, I just know it's a big kind of a big surprise to see him on the roster. It makes you think, what the heck is going on with Darius Smith, who is not practiced – Barely at all, 
during the preseason. Is he healthy or not? I think he's fine. I <laughs> hope so because they need that dude on the field. Yeah, for no, no question. No as question. a leader and as a player. Right. And now we get to probably the – I know we talked about the defensive line. You know, it's not very good. But the linebacker core is probably the worst – in my position, it's the worst group on the Green Bay Packers roster is the linebackers. Agree. The worst group. Devondre Campbell, Chris Barnes, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie, and what Ray Wilborn made the practice squad. I cannot stomach – I don't know who I – is worse for me, Burks or Summers. I just can't. I just keep going back and forth. But it's going to be another year, just like Lancaster and Lowry. We got another year of Burks and Summers. Like nothing's going to change with these guys. I mean, they can, they they haven't proven anything. They haven't proven any type of upside. They haven't shown any improvement. But yet there they are again. They don't stand out on special teams. We saw last year they were just deplorable, especially Ty Summers. Ty Summers, he can't cover anybody. I mean, Devondre Campbell, don't know any. Yeah, it's going to be another, uh, what was the dude last year? Kirksey. It's, 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 he's another Kirksey. Chris yeah, he's Barnes. a retread linebacker. I hope. The only person that I am solid with is Barnes because I think he's proven himself. The only thing I'm worried with Barnes is his durability. Like, is he going to be able to withstand a whole – because he got banged around last year. He got banged up a little bit. So has he recovered? Oh, man. It's a shaky situation. Then he got McDuffie, a, a complete rookie, running around out there. So, man, it's it's thin. And, I mean, if there's ever a group that has to step up, it has to be this one. The only positive, other than Chris Barnes, like you said, is maybe Joe Barry can figure out how to – give these opportunities to the linebackers to make them successful? Can he put them in position to make them successful? Because Oren Burks is an athlete and a very good athlete. Very difficult to deny that. Ty Summers is a very good athlete. The one thing that, and there's, well, not one thing, Christ, I hated a lot of the things that Mike Patton did, but you expected Blake Martinez to cover sideline to sideline as a single linebacker. And he didn't have the physical tools to do it. So that's part of the reason why he was making tackles eight yards down the field is he's simply not athletic and fast enough to get to the spots they need him to. Will Joe Barry look at what they have as a linebacker crew and go, I can't do that to these guys. I need to get them in the right spots in order for them to be successful if he does that, the Packers will be much better on defense. And if he doesn't, nothing, absolutely nothing will change. Right. I mean, we could be looking at a complete repeat of last year's defense. Yes. And that scares me a little bit. Yep. Mo- moving on to the defensive backs, I am absolutely stunned that Isaac Yedem made the football team. I, I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I really couldn't believe it when I saw that name pop up. I was like, what? After all the guys we talked about? I mean, there's a ton of dudes in there. How? And, and this dude got burnt. Yes. Yeah. It was like Jack, Josh Jackson 2.0 the next oh. week. Oh, the exactly. It, it's like they just changed numbers. I don't even know if they did, but uh, they changed the name in the back. <laughs> I mean, 
It, it did. They just targeted him over and over and over, and he was lost. I, I can't believe this, that dude made the team. I really it can't. wasn't scheme. It was simply that Isaac Yadam is terrible. Yes. And, Can he uh, play special teams? That better be the only fucking reason he made the roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I was shocked to see that name. And, I mean, Jean Charles made the team. I didn't see anything jumping out at me during the preseason either. In fact, I saw him a couple times just getting burned himself, which, okay, I get it. You're a rookie. But, I mean, I think the only reason he makes it is because they must see some type of upside and that he's a rookie and they're going to get this guy up to speed. But, man. And KB and Ento, who made the practice squad, it's like, hey, how do you play so well in one game and just shit all over yourself in the next two? Because he honestly caught himself with those two really bad performances in the second and third preseason game. Really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. Like someone else put his jersey on bad. I was almost surprised to see him make the practice squad. Same here. So, jeez. Yeah. I also saw a little off topic, but some jackass on um i don't know it was one of the espn uh nfl shows i was trying to get the guy's name but they didn't have it uh, pulled up he was going over his top 10 players in the nfl and he gets to like i think it was like number six or something like that the well he starts talking about in his top 10 some they had uh somebody else's top 10 up there and they had um they had adams up there and he's like first of all adams is not what top 10 uh, football player in the NFL. I'm like, who is this? That's what got my attention. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. And then they get to like his number six pick. You know, it, I thought it was going to be Jair or something like that. Cause he starts talking about the number one corner in the, in the NFL and all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, he's going to see Jair. And he said it was uh Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, it was, it was Ramsey. So I was like, what are you talking about, dude? I mean, they, they statistically he was a shutdown corner too. So, but yeah. This year, very excited. So, yeah, so the six guys that made the roster, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Shannon Sullivan, Eric Stokes, Isaac Yadam, Shamar, John Charles. I'm kind of surprised John Charles made the roster too. But Is, is that in, is that order in, in the order of depth? I don't have it in order of depth. It's just the guys. I'm just naming them off. Oh, right. I think it kind yeah. of is. Yeah. Like I mean, if you look at it, Jair is number one. King will probably be the other starting corner. Shannon Sullivan is your three. Stokes will come in at some point. So when King gets hurt, mm-hmm. which we know he will, it's almost a guarantee. And then we're down to the safeties. This is the last position group. No real surprises here to me mm-hmm. in, in our eyes, or at least in mine. Adrian no. Amos, Darnell Savage, Henry Black, Vernon Scott. I thought and- Black played well. We saw glimpses of him. His name's always come up, and I, I mean, I did. He was out there, man, and I, I thought he played a, uh, a hell of a preseason. So, well, Vernon Scott and Henry Black. Vernon Scott was the seventh round pick from last year, who played okay in the times that he played. Henry Black was an undrafted free agent out of Baylor last year, so this is his second year too. They are very young at safety, minus Adrian Amos and Ennis Gaines made the practice squad. That guy is just all over the place. I don't know if he really knows how to play football, but that guy is all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. I, I think Henry Black and Vernon Scott are very similar players, very similar athletes. 
it's who's the better football player of the two because they're very they're almost identical bodies. Yeah, hopefully they can step it up on special teams too. Jeez. Exactly. Because Savage and Amos are your two guys. For sure. They're head and shoulders above Black and Scott. So, yeah, you need to be a good special teams player if you're Vernon Scott and Henry Black. And that's it, really. I mean, I guess we could talk about Mason Crosby. Oh, no. Mason Crosby, they have a new punter in town. Yes. They cut the draft pick, J.K. Scott. At some point, you don't draft punters, right? You just need to not draft a punter and waste a pick. Like, for God's sake. Do you see the picture of J.K. Scott, that one link I sent you, where he's like, his leg is already like up in the air, but he's like still holding on to the ball? No, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like scroll all the way down. You get to like J.K. Scott. It's like, it's, it's just this funny picture. I'm like, his leg, and I know he's a righty, and his leg is like over the top of his head. He's like holding on to the ball. I'm like, what are you, what's going on there? And that He's got to be warming up, right? Like, that's got to be a warm up. I guess so. You should look at it, man. It's super funny. Uncoachable or just not, I don't know, just the whole not being able to. You know, he, he did the same thing in that game. I watched him in the Bills game. The only punt that he had, I think it was 50-some yards or whatever. He banged but, a long one. But same thing. The dude was already all the way over on the sideline, like eight, you know, six, seven yards off the, off the sideline. And J.K. Scott was positioning his body towards that angle. To me... And I, you know, I want to love our special teams coach, but dude, like get in his ear and tell him not to fucking do that. Or he's not listening. Who knows? Could be. Either way, he's gone. Good. Right. I, I know nothing about Porquez or whoever it is. Yeah, Porquez, big leg. Big leg. Good. Yeah, so he was with the Bills. And then he ended up with the Rams, and the Rams have two. They had a guy that was injured last season, and it was kind of questionable. And I think they brought Bohorquez in to battle with him. Bohorquez has got some crazy good statistics. Like, really surprising that he's not on somebody's roster, to be honest. So the Packers traded him for him. They got a seventh round pick and they traded away a sixth round pick to get him. I think it's worth it. Over it's worth it. another shot, right? Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Cause that was definitely not, you know, working out. Try well, something different. He averaged like 50 yards a kick or something like that. And he's punted with the bills in cold weather. So even though he's from California, that's not, going to be foreign to him to go kick ice cold balls in green bay in december so i think that's a positive too yeah looking forward to that another interesting thing on special teams is the packers kept a kicker on the practice squad jj molson any thoughts on that like what do you think that says for mason crosby have they is it a kickoff thing i wonder like are we going to bring him up to kick off or crosby always sends it like way deep in the end zone i don't know if that's good or bad any well, you are you kidding? Be. That's a fucking great thing. Well, with our coverage, it has to yes. be. If you can smash balls through the end zone and no one can ever return a kickoff the entire year, actually, you put them on the roster. Right. Right. And he, because that's a weapon. Like that is a, a positive thing happening for the Packers if you have a kicker that can kick it out over the end line every time. I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. I don't think they've done that in the past. No. To my knowledge, but maybe he's holding Sternberger's spot, keeping his. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know if that guy could kick it through the end zone every time he's my guy in a kickoff situation all day long. Yeah. I wonder what the thought was behind that. Yeah. I'd love to know. Wouldn't you love to have a conversation over beers with your buddy Gutenkraus and start asking him questions? And Murfdorf. I saw Murfdorf playing. I told you I just saw that game last night. It was the 85 Packers-Bears game at Soldier Field. I was looking through the channels, and it was on. I was like, there's old Murfdorf, man, laying some hat. He was a player. He wasn't a terrible player. No, he's he really safety. wasn't. He's was good safety. He got that alopecia or whatever. He used to be like really bald, and now he's not. I don't know. Another anyway, thing. anything Another else? Time. I think I'm good. Looking forward to the season kicking off. So going to be in like a down week. So a lot of stuff to say. We'll week. preview the Saints-Packers game next yeah. week in episode 53. Sure. The Nick Perry episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, might not, I might not do that episode. You'd just be absent. I was sitting here on the Zoom waiting for you to come in, you know, and show up. <laughs> Dale flies solo part four, the Nick Perry episode. Uh, that's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. One last thing for this episode because it is the Clay Matthews episode. You just can't look through the starting inside linebackers or outside linebackers and tell me there isn't at least one player on there that he would be an upgrade to. I guarantee it. So I don't know what they're waiting for. You, you mean to tell me Jonathan Garvin is better than Clay Matthews? Yeesh. He makes sense all over the place. There's too many There's too many yeses. He could play inside. Saw him do that. He's in late, later stages of his career. He could add some depth and security there because we know the inside crew is horrible. And he could mentor Gary on the outside, right? And he's a leader, fan favorite. I mean, what are we waiting for? It's Gutenkraus. Maybe they're waiting for episode 52, The Average Cheese. Possibly. Thanks for listening to episode 52, The Clay Matthews episode. Yeah, go man. Pat go. Go Pat go. Go Pat go.